It was the year 95 AD. For 14 years, the ruthless Roman tyrant Domitian ruled the empire. He claimed to be Depostus Theos, the sovereign god, and he demanded that all his subjects worship him. Despised by most for his arrogant ways and self-deification, he persecuted everyone who resisted him. But he held unusual hatred for those followers of a Jewish leader named Jesus, whom the Romans crucified over 60 years before. However, his followers increased rapidly throughout the Roman Empire and were steadfast in their refusal to bow before any human king. In the city of Ephesus was one such Christian, the last living apostle of Jesus. His name was John. His influence was vast, his ministry remarkable, and Domitian wanted him stopped. So he banished the elderly apostle to the remote island of Patmos, 37 miles out into the sea. God's servant, however, could not be silenced and God's word could not be bound. While on the island, John wrote scripture and continued to share his faith. During these terrifying times, many lost their lives. Nevertheless, many more began to seek the Savior, like Antipas. Excuse me, I'm, I'm looking for the Apostle John. Have you seen him around here, somewhere on the island? The Apostle John, anyone? Wow, people are like rocks. No one? Up this way, somewhere near Cora, the village? Yes? No? Anyone? This way? Maybe up here? I'll try up here. Excuse me, uh, sir, Mr. Apostle, sir? Anybody there? Hello? I'm coming. I'm coming. Keep your tunic on. <laughs> oh. Welcome. Welcome, my son. Who are you? Uh, well, I, uh, I'm Antipas. I, from Asia Minor, from Pergamus. You look pretty young. What are you, uh, 25 years old? Well, no, actually, I'm 45, but I have been walking quite a bit, but thanks for the compliment. <laughs> actually, it's not a compliment. You see, my eyes are so bad, you look good. And what would cause you to, uh, to take an ocean voyage on the Aegean Sea just to find me? Well, I, I came here looking for help. You see, my father, well, he was a follower of Jesus, and mm. I hated him for it. I, I have his name, named after him, but I did not follow in his faith. His religion made my life miserable. Now, he's dead, and well, hmm. I need to know if all these things that he said about this Jesus are true. And I was told that you know much of this Jesus. Is it true? Do you, do you know of him? Yes. I knew him very well. In fact, I've been writing his life story. Oh, well, please tell me the whole story. I'd be glad to. Have a seat. This may take a while. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Well, the, 
The story of Jesus starts like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and he was the light of men. And the light was shining in a darkness, but the darkness didn't understand it, nor could it overcome it. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's where the story of Jesus actually begins. Say, you, you've heard of Abraham, haven't you? Yes, of course, Abraham. Hundreds of years ago in the Holy Scriptures, God said to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And through your offspring, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And that blessing to all the families of the earth is Jesus. Later on, when Israel, the nation, was being birthed in Egypt, the patriarch Jacob was on his deathbed. He called his sons together to bless them. And he said to Judah, Judah, you are a lion's cub. The scepter will not depart out of Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until he comes to whom it belongs. And to him will be the obedience of all the peoples. So now the focus is a little more sharpened on this blessed one. He's going to come from the tribe of Judah. He's going to be a ruler. Well, then the people of God left Egypt. They began to make their way to the promised land. And on the way, the king of Moab tried to hire a prophet to curse the people of God. But every time he tried to curse them, he blessed them. One time he said, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob and a scepter will rise out of Israel and the enemies of God will be defeated. Now that statement about the star, that's going to be fulfilled in an amazing way. And Moses, before he left this earth, said to the people of God, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own brothers. God will put his words into his mouth. Listen to him. And so the highest people of God began to look for a, a messenger who would be like Moses and bring blessing to the world. But it was the prophet Isaiah who added so much to this portrait of this coming one. He said, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin will conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Mighty Counselor, Everlast Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, 
there would be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over David's kingdom, establishing it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts would perform this. But David, David tells us in the book of Psalms that this wonderful blessed one would be rejected. He said, why do the Nations rage and the people plot and imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. But the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. So, what do we have? With all of those prophecies, what kind of portrait do we have of this blessed coming one? Well, the Savior would be a blessing to everyone, would come from the tribe of Judah. Right. He would be from a virgin birth. A star would be a sign. Good. The Good. anointed one. He would be like Moses. Mm. And he would reign on David's throne. Ah, right. Very good. And he would be rejected. He was in the world, and although he made the world, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Now, to be sure, it's much easier to understand all these things after the fact, but Moses and the prophets and David in the Psalms all foretold of his coming, and the faithful were clinging to these wonderful promises. This is incredible. It's just incredible. But where did he come from? I mean, what did he say of his birth? Well, you know, as I recall, Jesus didn't say a whole lot about his birth. He said he was from the Father, to be sure, but actually what I learned about his birth came from his mother. You see, when Jesus died, he entrusted me with his mother's care. That made sense because we were family. My mother, Salome, and Mary are sisters. And so I began to care for my Aunt Mary. And she told me all the details of that amazing, wonderful night. She said she was engaged to a man named Joseph, and they were living in their village of Nazareth, but they'd not yet come together. And one day, an angel of the Lord appeared to her. His name was Gabriel. He said, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, Mary was frightened because the appearance of an angel and also because of the angel's message. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. And you will conceive and bear a son. and You will call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom would never end. Mary said she was startled. She said, well, how can that be? I've... I've never known a man. Gabriel said, 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the, over high, uh, power of the highest will overshadow you so that that Holy One born to you will be called the Son of God. Here's another miracle. Gabriel said, your relative Elizabeth, even though she's advanced in years, she's conceived a son as well. For nothing is impossible with God. And then Mary made, I think, one of the greatest statements of faith ever known. She said to the Lord, I am your maidservant. May it be to me as you have said. And the angel left. Well, Mary hurried right away to see Elizabeth some 80 miles south to Judea. Now, Joseph knew nothing at this point. And when Elizabeth saw Mary, she greeted her with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you would bear. Oh, it was really comforting for Mary to tell Elizabeth that she was pregnant and to have this discussion. They encouraged one another. It was very confirming. Telling Elizabeth was good, but telling Joseph, now that was another matter altogether. He was devastated. I mean, it was hard to believe Mary's story. In fact, he planned to divorce her privately. He was thinking about these things one night when an angel appeared to him too. The angel said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she will bring forth a son. And you will give him the name Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place, the angel said, to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And his name will be Emmanuel. Which means... God with us. And so Joseph immediately ran to tell Mary the news. And they didn't come together until Jesus was born. A virgin birth. I, I can't believe it. It's a miracle. It's amazing. But it was difficult on Mary and Joseph. They went back to their little village in Nazareth, but nothing was normal. They tried to work hard and follow God, ignore the insults, but it was hard. And then Mary's due date had almost come when the Roman government stepped in. Can you believe that? You see, in those days, there was a decree that all the world should be registered. The census was first made when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And so everyone went to be registered to their own hometown. So Joseph left Nazareth in the Galilee and went all the way down to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was of the house and family of David. And he went there to be registered with Mary, his wife-to-be, who was, by this time, great with child. And while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son. They wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, in that 
same region, there were shepherds who lived out in the fields, watching their flocks day and night. And an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord was shining round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Then, with that one angel, the heaven was filled with a multitude of angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace toward men upon whom his favor rests. And then the angels were gone into heaven. So the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they hustled off to Bethlehem. They found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger, just as the angel had said. Now when they had seen this, they went and told everyone about all the things that they had seen and all the things that the angels said. And the people who heard these things marveled at these miracles. And then the shepherds returned back to their fields, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard because it happened just like they were told. But Mary didn't broadcast these things. She kept them within. She pondered them over and over in her heart. But what of the star of David? Ah, the star. Well, it was about a year later that some wise men came all the way from the east. They came and presented gifts to this young child, Jesus, and they called him the king of the Jews. And do and you know what led them all the way from the east? The star. star. Yeah. God's amazing in the way he fulfills his word. Now, Herod tried to kill the child, but God protected him. And they ended up moving back to Nazareth, and that's where Jesus grew up, and that's where I met him, in the Galilee. I saw the word that became flesh. He was dwelling among us, and I beheld his glory. I saw his mighty works, healing the sick, raising the dead, giving sight to the blind, stopping a storm. Amazing stuff. I heard his teaching. It had authority. It was filled with truth and love. We were convinced this is the one. This is Messiah. And then the Romans crucified him. We were shocked. He died, and our dreams died with him. We thought for a while that we had been mistaken. But then three days later, he rose from the dead. He was alive. I saw him. I, I, I went into the empty tomb. I spoke to him. He's alive. And that was over 60 years ago, and I haven't stopped talking about him since. Oh, I, I knew him well, very well. And you know, I still know him today. But that's impossible. He, he's dead. Well, I saw him last week. Back in this cave. 
It was a revelation. Uh, he revealed himself to me, what was happening in the world, what was going to happen in the future, and I wrote it all down. Amazing. In fact, got it here somewhere. Why don't you read some of that? Just the beginning part. Uh, <clears throat> the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. Mm. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Mm. To the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, Amen. and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Mm. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, he has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Mm. As I recall, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, and I, I heard a voice behind me, a loud voice like a trumpet that said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe all the way down to his feet with a golden sash around his waist. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like a flaming fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. And in his right hand, he held seven stars. Out of his mouth came a sharp, double-edged sword. And his face, his face was like the sun shining in all of its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he placed his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, but look now. I'm alive forevermore. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. So write what you have seen. And the things which are right now, and the things which will take place hereafter. And so, 
I begin to write. I begin to write. He had a message for each one of the seven churches. To each one, he gave words of encouragement and praise to some and rebuke to others, and he, he told others to repent. These are tough times. He said, hold on to what you have until I come. And he said to the one who overcomes, I will give you great eternal promise. Then I heard that voice that I had heard at first, the one that sounded like a trumpet, speaking to me. Come up here, and I will show you the things that must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and I saw before me a throne in heaven, and someone sitting on it. His appearance was like brilliant gems, and a, a rainbow encircled the throne. Around the throne were 24 other thrones with elders sitting on them. They were dressed in white, had golden crowns on their heads. Flashes of lightning and peals of thunder were coming from the throne, and four living creatures circling the throne who never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Then I saw those 24 elders fall down before the one sitting on the throne. And they worshiped him who lived forever. And they said, thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power for you have created all things and by your will they are and were created. Then I saw in the right hand the one who was sitting on the throne, a scroll with seven seals. A mighty angel said, who is worthy to open the scroll? And no one, no one in all of heaven or in earth was able to open the scroll. And I wept. But then one of the elders came to me and said, don't weep. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. Then I saw a lamb as though it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne. The 24 elders began to sing. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels, thousands upon thousands and 10,000 upon 10,000, encircling the throne, singing with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and glory and honor and blessing. And then I saw every creature in heaven and on earth singing. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be glory and power and praise and honor forever. 
But then, then I saw the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And with a loud voice, they cried out, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long until you judge the world and avenge our blood? He gave them white robes and said, just a little longer. Then he unleashed horrible judgments upon the earth, fire, pestilence, death, war. It was called the wrath of the Lamb, and it went on and on and on. But then I heard, Loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever. The elders on their throne fell down and worshiped God, saying, we give you thanks, almighty God, who was and is, because you've taken your great power and you have begun to reign. And then, after this, I heard what sounded like a roar in heaven. It was a mighty multitude shouting at the top of their voices, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! For the Lord God, omnipotent reigneth. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. And this is the testimony of Jesus. This is the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. Times are hard. But he gave me this vision to encourage the church, to let us know that that, that little baby born in Bethlehem, predicted by the ancient scriptures, is the king of kings and lord of lords. And in the end, Jesus wins. I just wish that my father had heard these words of encouragement as he was facing the wickedness. Your father, Pergamon, Antipas, is he the one that was, was killed by Domitian just a little while ago? That was my father. He, he was a godly man. He had strong faith, and mm. I, I have nothing. Well, that scroll that you hold in your hand, the revelation of Jesus Christ, ends with a great invitation. Why don't you read it? Very end of the scroll. My favorite part. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the eternal city. Hmm. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give all of you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. 
And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. So are you thirsty? I am, but what do I do? Earlier in that revelation, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. I'll have fellowship with him, and he with me. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name.